it's pretendly a return of capital, but if you've got a refinance projected at year two and they're getting 50% of their capital back and you claim that there's a 50% cash-to-cash return that year, it's going to throw off all of your returns. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best of your listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that are a part of a larger podcast series that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we will be offering a document, resource, spreadsheet, PowerPoint template, some sort of resource for you to download for free. All of these free documents and past Syndication School series can be found at syndicationschool.com or you can check in to the Best Ever Show podcast page or your podcast app on iTunes on every Wednesday and Thursday because that's when we, we release these episodes. Today we're beginning a new series entitled How to Secure Commitments from Your Passive Investors. So if you haven't done so already, I highly recommend listening to all of the previous Indication School series, but more importantly, the previous two, because after you put a deal under contract, that's where we're at right now, the three things that you need to do is number one, secure financing, number two, perform due diligence, and three, secure commitments from your passive investors. And so we've already done the first two, and now we're going to focus on the third. So in this episode... We're going to introduce the five things that you need to do in order to secure the financial commitments from your passive investors. And then we're going to begin by focusing on step number one. So at this point, as I mentioned, you should have a deal under contract as well as verbal commitments from your passive investors. So if you remember all the way back in series Number nine, a long eight-part series, so four weeks of how to raise capital from passive investors. So I find passive investors. And at that point, you didn't have a deal, but we discussed how you want to actually get 
verbal commitments or at least interest from people because you don't want to be scrambling for capital once you have a deal under contract. But also, you need to know how much money you're capable of raising in order to determine what sized and type deals you can go after. So at this point in the process, a deal under contract and you've got your list of passive investors. If you do not have a deal under contract, don't have a list of passive investors or want to find out how, go to syndicationschool.com and check out those podcast series. Now, overall, for your first deal or your first few deals, expect to be fairly proactive when you are in the commitment securing phase because, and we're going to go over this, but once you've kind of sent out and presented a deal to your investors, you're likely going to have to do some following up because none of these people have invested with you before. And once people become comfortable investing with you, once they're confident in your ability to provide them with the returns, and ideally you have a waiting list. Ideally, once you send out the deal, you've got people emailing you their commitments on their own. But I'm in the beginning, and we'll discuss how to follow up. I just wanted to mention overall, expect the process to be more proactive in the beginning and become more reactive as you gain more and more experience. So before introducing the five steps, I just wanted to also mention how to determine how much money you actually need to raise. And so if you remember, during the underwriting phase, one of the data tables, the output of that data table was the amount of money you need to raise. And we also discussed specifically what the different factors are that make up the initial equity investment. Those are things like, obviously, the down payment for the loan, any construction costs if those are not included in the loan, closing costs, financing fees acquisition fees, and then the operating account fund. So once you've underwritten your deal, if you use the simplified cash flow calculator or a different cash flow calculator, and that simplified cash flow calculator is available for free at syndicationschool.com, then you will essentially automatically have the output for how much money you need to raise. For some reason, you're doing it manually, then you're going to have to go back and listen to that series about how to underwrite a value at apartment syndicated deal to determine how to calculate those five or six factors that make up the equity investment. But that's how much money you're going to need to bring to the table at closing in order to close on the deal. But we always recommend that you raise capital on top of that. So that doesn't mean that you're actually taking money from people, but once you've reached 100% of your equity investment and those people are sending you their money or their capital, don't turn away someone else who comes and says, hey, is there still availability? I want to invest hundred grand in the deal. Don't tell them, no, put the deal all filled up, come back next time. Instead, say, currently, we've raised 100% of the equity, but I will add your name to a waiting list. Obviously, the first person is first on that list, second person, second on that list, so that if someone drops out, you can take their place. Now, the reason you want to do this is because if someone does drop out, which is possible, you don't want to be scrambling for capital. You want to have a list of people that are already interested in investing that you could reach out to rather than sending out the email to everyone again. So a good rule of thumb is to have 150% of the capital required to close raised. So if you need to raise a million dollars, then once you've hit that million dollar mark, then your goal would be to get a waiting list with $500,000 on it. So let's now transition into the meat of this series, which is going to be how to secure commitments from passive investors. And we're just going to go through each of these steps one by one 
and kind of go in as much detail as possible and kind of continue on in forever how long it takes us. This might be a six or an eight part series, not 100% sure yet. So as I mentioned, there's five steps. The first step is for you to create an investment summary. Step two is going to be for you to email the deal to your investor database. Step three is going to be to conduct the conference call webinar for the deal with your investors. Step four, which again is going to be more for the beginning syndicators, and that will be follow-up to actually secure the investments. And then step five is going to be to send the proper documentation to formalize your investor's investment. So as I mentioned, we are going to be focusing on step one in this episode and next episode and maybe even the third episode of this series, and that is going to be to create that investment summary. So as the name implies, the investment summary is going to be a document. It'll eventually be most likely be like a PowerPoint presentation just so that you can design it rather than just sending a simple Word document, but it's going to be some sort of document that provides your investors with the details on the investment. So step two is email your investor database. In that email, you want to include, and we'll go into some more specifics when we get to that point, but you're going to want to include kind of high level highlights of the deal. And then you're going to want to include a link to an investment summary that you've created. So in this episode, we're going to walk through an actual investment summary. I'm going to explain to you what the information is and why it's in there. And we're also going to be giving you a free investment summary template that we have so that you can download that and follow along or you can download that and use it for your own deals. So the investment summary is really going to vary depending on the syndicator, but the one that we have that we're going to be offering the template for free has seven different sections. So there's the executive summary, there's the investment highlights, there's a property overview, there's the financial analysis, there's the market overview, there's the portfolio and case studies, and then there is the appendix. Now, when you actually download this, you'll kind of recognize it from one of the earlier syndication school series about underwriting because the investment summary looks fairly similar to the offering memorandum put together by the broker. So you have your investment summary, the deal, investment highlights, property description, financial analysis, market overview, and all those things are also included in the OM. But unlike the OM, this is your information based off of your underwriting. So let's go ahead and just kind of go through this template together and we'll kind of go until we hit the 30 minute mark for this. So first page, we've got just a couple of pictures of the property, title of the property, the location of the property, number of units. Um, you want to mention that it's a confidential investment summary, so people can't send this information to whoever they want. You're asking them that it's only for prospective investors, and that's it. Next page, page two, is where we get into the actual details on the deal. So that's going to be the executive summary. And on this, you're essentially going to provide all of the valuable, important information that your investors need to know. So if someone just looks at this page right here, they could essentially make their investment decision off of that. And then everything else in the investment summary is going to essentially be how you got to all these numbers. So on this executive summary, the first paragraph just kind of explains like, hey, this is the property name. This is the number of units. The deals on market or off market. 
Maybe it'll have some information about you know, the business plan. So any upgrades that you're doing to the property. So it's going to have some written words, but kind of the meat of it will be the data table. So as you'll see, there's a few data tables on there. First, there's an investment snapshot, which goes over the high level numbers of the deal. So if we have a purchase price, how much money we're we spending on the renovations, the closing costs, and then the total project cost, total capitalization, got the number of units, the other properties built, and the current occupancy. And then based off of the business plan, what are the returns going to be? Okay, so overall, it gives you a total equity multiple, a total average annual return, and an internal rate of return. And so if you remember during underwriting, those were the average annual return and the internal rate of return were the two major factors that you use to determine whether or not you should invest in that deal or not. And then it goes into detail on the average annual return and the internal rate of return. Usually you want to include the project cash-on-cash cash return and the project IRR as well as the IRR and the cash-on-cash cash return to your investors. Just because the investors don't necessarily care how the overall project will perform. They want to know how it's going to return to them. So at the bottom of the executive summary page, we have a breakdown of a sample $100,000 investment. So here's how much money you will make each year based off of a $100,000 investment. And there's also a partnership structure beta table, which essentially just explains the structure of the partnership between the LP and the GP. So what's the preferred return? What's the IRR? Are there any hurdles? If so, what's the equity split before that hurdle is reached? And what's the equity split after that hurdle is reached? So for example, if the preferred return is 8% and the IRR is 20%, then the split might be 70-30 to the LPGP up until you reach 20% IRR, and then that changes to 50-50. So that's the executive summary. And then the next page just kind of goes into the table of contents. There's more pictures on there as well. So you want to make sure that at least every other page, there's some sort of picture just so people aren't inundated with text. As you'll see here is a quick risk and disclosures page. So for this, you kind of just need to input the property name and the address and anything else that's specific to the property. But these risks of real estate investing are pretty general. So you've got, in general, here's some risks. Here's some selling or refinancing risks. Here's some government regulation risks. And here's some environmental liability risks. And there's even more risks on the four or five pages of risks on here. The next important part of this report is going to be the investment highlights. So as again, as I mentioned, you've got your executive summary. So that summarizes everything that's in the investment summary. So the investment highlights is going to be something that the main points of this are in that executive summary. So for this particular example that I'm looking at, the investment highlights are broken into the business plan, how solid the asset is, and then the school district and location highlights, so market highlights. They kind of talk about our underwriting, talks about the proven track record of the team, and talks about the returns. Other examples could be information about the debt, information about the renovation program, information about the exterior program. Um, it really just kind of, kind of depends on what the highlights are of this deal. If you aren't performing renovations, then you probably don't want to talk about it. The market's not very good, you probably don't want to talk about it. If the asset currently isn't very solid, then you don't want to put solid asset. So some examples of things you can highlight for each of those different sections that could potentially be in the investment summary. So for the business plan, you could focus on the interior innovation. So, for example, what percentage of the units have already been upgraded and what percentage of the units still need to be upgraded? Because if 90% of the 
arenas have, have been upgraded, then there might not be enough meat in the bone for a value-add program. What types of upgrades will we be implementing? How much will these renovations cost for each unit? What's the renovation timeline? And then what rental premiums do you expect to demand after you've upgraded those units? You can also highlight operational improvements. So how, if you are, will you improve the operations of the apartment? Are you going to rebrand the apartment? Will you have someone taking over operations that has experience? What strategies will you implement to improve the operations? Do you identify anything during the underwriting process that you know you can improve upon pretty quickly? As I mentioned, financing. So you can discuss the type of debt you're securing on the property. Is it low interest rates, fixed debt, or is it a assumable loan? Do you plan on doing a refinance or supplemental loan? And if so, is that included in your projections? Did you buy a cap on the interest rate if it's floating? So again, you want to highlight things that are actually positive about this deal. So if you've got like a really bad loan, then you probably don't want to talk about that in investment highlights. Or if you do, you want to mention why the loan's not very good. Also, you could talk about, and this is all under the business plan, you can talk about your exit strategy. So when do you plan on selling the property? Do you plan on refinancing? And if so, when? Again, is the refinance included in your term projection, which is something you don't want to do because it's pretendly a return of capital, but if you've got a refinance projected at year two and they're getting 50% of their capital back and you claim that there's a 50% cash-to-cash return that year, it's going to throw off all of your returns. Those are things you can add in the business plan. If you have a category specific to the actual interior renovations, then you can, for example, include a picture of a non-renovated unit and a renovated unit so the investors can visually see the types of upgrades you will be implementing. But the current owner has already started a renovation program, then the renovation picture could be of an actual unit. If they haven't, then you should either pull a picture of a similarly upgraded unit from a different property you have or ask your management company for an image to include. Also, you can below that, you're going to include like a little description of the renovated unit and the non-renovated unit. So in the non-renovated unit, you could say white appliances, <laughs> cheap laminate flooring, terrible countertops. Obviously, don't say it like that, but just whatever the, whatever the materials are. And then on the upgrade, it could be stainless steel appliances, luxury laminate flooring, things like that. You could also have a category for your uh, capital improvement budget. So you can have like a data table that outlines all of the interior and exterior capital improvement costs. As I mentioned, you could do something about debt summary. You could do school district and location highlights. These are really just market highlights. So anything important about the market, whether it's the market's ranked really high in jobs, if the school district's ranked really high, what's the demographic, what's the average household income, What's the average property value? You can talk about your underwriting. For example, let's say your rental premiums you're projecting are $100 per unit, but the comps are $150 per unit. That's something you obviously want to highlight. You can also talk about your team. So you know how many units does your property management company own? How are those compared to this property? Things like that. And then as you'll see on the template, after they kind of go through bullet points, there's actually a section called investment strategies which kind of goes into more, not necessarily specifics, but essentially takes the things that aren't necessarily the main highlights and describes them in paragraph form. So it talks about, here's our exit strategy, here's the returns we expect, here's our improvement plan, here's our debt summary, things like that. So next we've got the property overview section, which is essentially just a bunch of data tables. 
about the property. So you've got your property information, which is the purchase price, a number of buildings, number of units, rentable square feet, price per unit, year built, land size, what's the water situation, and what's the utility situation, what's the construction of the property, what's the parking situation. And then it lists out, here are the community amenities, and here are the standard unit features. And again, you want to make sure you got, you got some pictures as well. Next, we've got the unit mix information. So it shows you here are the different unit types. Here are the number of each of the unit types. Here's what they are from a bed bath perspective. Here's their size and square footage. Here's the current market rent. And here's the rent per square feet. And then you've got your site map. So we've got their template. There's just kind of blank. But on this particular example I'm looking at, We've got the property site map that shows you where all the buildings are and where all the amenities are and which the surrounding streets. And then we've also got kind of a Google map view of the apartment with a kind of red line around the boundaries. And we've got just like your standard map zoomed out that shows here's the subject property, here's kind of all the surrounding landmarks. So on this one, there's like a Kroger and there's this little industrial park with a bunch of businesses in it. Here's an airport, here's the major highways. Again, that's going to vary from deal to deal, but you know you want to include a site map of the property. You want to include that Google Map image, and you also want to include something that highlights visually the different types of landmarks, retail, restaurants, jobs that are surrounding the property. And again, for the property information, I guess I actually said where you find that from. You can just find that on the OM. Typically, that information will be listed by the broker. If not, you can find it by looking up the property on apartments.com. And then for the community amenities and the standard unit features, that's something you should have gotten either from the OM, from the property website, or when you actually visit the property in person. I probably should have gone over this earlier, but for the executive summary, the investment snapshot, the partnership structure, the yield projection, the sample $100,000 investment, all those numbers from your cash flow calculator. Same with some of the investment highlights and the investment strategies, uh, you'll get the numbers from your cash flow calculator, and then kind of putting together your business plan. That's something that you should have done already. And we talked about that in the chapter about underwriting. So after the property overview, it goes into the financial analysis. And we're going to stop here for today. And we will pick up on the financial analysis on tomorrow's episode. So, so far in this episode, we kind of discussed, obviously, where you should be at this point in the process, which is have a deal under contract and have those verbal commitments from your investors. On your first deal, expect your money, the money raising process to be more proactive on your part. We talked about how you want to make sure that you've got 150% of the capital required to close in verbal commitments. So, you want to have 100% of the equity kind of lined up. And then after that, you want to create a waiting list of 50%, maybe 33%. 100% more, it really depends. But um, the rule of thumb is 50% extra so that if someone backs out, you're not scrambled for capital. And then we kind of introduce the entire money writing process, which are five steps, which are create an investment summary, email your investor database, conduct the conference call, follow up with your investors, and send proper documentation. And we got about halfway through the investment summary in this episode. And as I mentioned, we will pick up back with the investment summary tomorrow. So in the meantime, make sure you listen to some of the other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndications, and make sure you download that free investment summary template at syndicationschool.com. 
Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.